It's a full slate of games in the Pac-12 this weekend, and we're talking about each of the six at least a little on today's show. Let's go. We're locked on Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thanks so much for making us your first listen or your first view of the day if you're watching on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your number one source to stay up to date with the Pack 12, which is why please continue to like, comment, subscribe wherever you're listening to or watching right now. Big shout out to everybody who has done so already. Today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, helping you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College. That's LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. They help you find the most qualified candidates. And one of the most qualified commentators I know on the Pac-12 is one of our own here at the Locked On Network, Richie Bradshaw, host of Locked On Arizona State Sun Devils. You can find him on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Richie, I love a full slate of games. Six games, all Pac-12, no non-conference you know, opponents wiggled in there like Notre Dame and BYU still will be as the season goes on. But I think this is going to be a great slate. And let's hop right into just a little bit, uh, looking big picture at what's at stake this weekend. And I think that Oregon State and Washington is a great representation of why college football is the greatest regular season sport in the world. Because in all likelihood, though not impossible, neither of those teams are probably going to get into the Pac-12 championship game. And yet, it is the game of the week in the Pac-12. It is huge for both teams for different reasons. And it should figure to be an outstanding football game. And I tell you what, Richie, I can't wait for Friday night. I mean, Seattle, Husky Stadium is going to be rocking for that game. It's going to be a lot of fun. I am just really happy to see Oregon State is ranked and getting some national attention for the offensive output that those guys just throw together every single week. And hopefully with being ranked, people will notice Jack Coletto the way that Pac-12 fans have. (laughs) But Washington's not going to roll over and lay on their back on this game. Michael Penix is still a very good quarterback. This is hopefully going to be a very high-scoring game. I don't know if there's going to be a lot of defense. I feel like this could be one of those whoever has the ball last kind of situations. But the dueling between these two quarterbacks is going to be so much fun. It's going to be offensive galore. Friday night, 7.30 p.m. It's Pac-12 after dark before Pac-12 after dark. It's like you're, it, It's like the mozzarella sticks that you ordered before you got your big juicy cheeseburger. That is the Saturday slate of Pac-12 games. I love it. Love that you're getting this a day early for everything else to get you excited for what's going to be a very good week of Pac-12 football. Maybe the best we've had this year. That should have been my cold open lead. Oregon State and Washington <laughs> are the mozzarella sticks of the weekend in the Pac-12. I absolutely love it. I disagree with you a, a little, though. I think the shootout potential is there. Yeah, Because Washington's defense has been hit and miss this year. Their front is nasty. The back end of their defense, not so much. Oregon State's got a good offensive line. I think we'll give the Huskies front four a little bit more of, of a push in that sense. 
But right. I think the most fascinating matchup, Richie, here is, is it really going to be a high offensive output for Washington's offense, led by Michael Penix and the receivers? The run is definitely secondary to what they want to do, and Kalen DeBoer's made no bones about that. And then you have this Oregon State secondary that is the best in the Pac-12 for my money. They have been one of the best in the country this year. They are still the only team, Richie, to have held USC under 20 points this year. They're the only team that's done it. And it wasn't USC's best game, but you got to credit the defense at some level for how they've done that. I, I am beyond fascinated to see how this game plays out. And, and the winner certainly will be in the top 25. Winner will be at 7-2. and two, Not technically out of it in the Pac-12 championship picture. Most likely, yes, because as we'll talk about a little later in the show, upsets just continue to be hard to foresee. Though that's why they're called upsets. Could yeah. have one uh, this week, but that I think is the, the best part of this matchup between Oregon State and Washington that's coming. You've got a great passing offense. You've got a bunch of great receivers, and you've got a great secondary on the other side. Yeah, they do. No, Oregon State absolutely has put themselves together a, a very complete football team. I'm hoping for the offensive output just because I'm here for a 50 to 51 final kind of thing. But <laughs> Oregon too. State definitely has the edge here in terms of like the better defense. You can tell that Washington is missing Trent McDuffie and Kyler Gordon from last year's squad in that secondary when they're getting carved up by just about anyone that's going up against them. But it's not like they're the worst defense in the Pac-12. This could definitely end up being like a like a 24-21 final. In fact, that probably feels more likely. I'm just here for the madness of a shootout. But <laughs> odds are, yeah, I'd be I'd be curious to see what our good friends over at Bet Online have the over under for this game set at. Mm. And I would take a very curious look at it because Oregon State's defense is a lot better than people realize they've got 10 turnovers this year uh interceptions i mean they've got playmakers in that secondary like you were talking about these guys know ball they play ball there's a lot of good players on the oregon state defense there's a lot of good players on the washington offense i think that's probably going to be the matchup to watch because i don't think that oregon state's going to have too much trouble scoring right wrong or indifferent I'm sure our boy Jack Coletto is going to get the ball three or four times and find himself in the end zone three or four times. Yeah, and it looks like Ben Goldbranson will be starting again, but he has has looked solid. He, he's That's a very solid. He's, he's, he's done not amazing things, but he hasn't done anything disastrous, and he's put up some decent numbers, and he wins games. And I think that's that's noteworthy for the Beavs as they try to attack that Husky defense. We'll be doing a full game preview of that one tomorrow on the show with Carter Baines of uh, BeaverBlitz.com. Right now, of course, we're with Richie Bradshaw of Locked On at Sun Devils. And I want to go to that Arizona State game, Richie, because I love bringing you on talk about potential trap games. And it's it's hard to see any. Oregon, Colorado. Hey, yeah, that that's, that's not going to happen. USC against Cal. Yeah, that also seems really unlikely. I would put Utah a little bit more on upset alert against Arizona if the game wasn't being played in Salt Lake City. I don't see anything going down there. But I tell you what, of the double-digit point spreads this weekend in the Pac-12, Richie, that Arizona State game, that that screen, to me, you're in the desert. It's later in the year. Coming off of a, a comfortable but not incredibly amazing or not a flawless performance against Stanford at home. 
Arizona State with Sean Aguano, they've been kind of feisty. Am, am I nuts for saying, hey, Bruins, I, would, I wouldn't overlook this one. They're 10.5-point road favorites. No, I'm with you. I And so what we're going to do right here is we're going to take my bias and completely throw it off to the side for a second <laughs> because the bias in me is saying, yeah, no, we're winning this game, big-time upset, whatever. What I will tell you as an analyst looking at this game is, like you said, Sean Aguano has this team feisty. Since he took over in that Utah game, this has been a different team. They played USC tough. They took down Washington with a backup quarterback. They should have beat Stanford. They didn't, but they still look like a different team. They beat Colorado this week with a big offensive output. They're coming back home now. Winners of two of their last three could have been three straight wins if they just hit that pass to Elijah Badger. This is a this is a scary Arizona State Sun Devils team. It's not a team that's looking to compete for the conference right now. They're a team that's looking to create madness. They're a team that's looking to prove that, you know, maybe you can't overlook this Arizona State Sun Devils team. And hopefully Chip Kelly is telling his guys, we cannot look past them. We cannot be thinking ahead to whoever's next or to the end of the season when they have to play uh, USC and all that. They need to be ready for this game before they're ready for any other game because Arizona state is just, they're, they're playing headhunter right now. They're feeling themselves and they're not afraid of anyone. I joked a couple weeks ago when I said this out, this uh, Arizona state team makes me feel like we want Bama. It's, it's that mentality of we're not afraid of anyone. Like just give us your best shot. Worst thing that happens is we lose. The best thing that happens is we embarrass you because we're we're not supposed to be winning these games. They have a ranked win this year. UCLA is definitely ahead of where Washington was when they came to play Arizona State in Tempe, which, again, Washington was ranked and lost in Tempe. This game is back in Tempe. This is a trap game. I'm not betting on Arizona State to win the game because UCLA should be able to take care of business, but this is a trap game. And we'll talk about uh, the elements of the trap game and what would need to happen for Arizona State to pull off the upset and spoil potentially the Bruins' Pac-12 title hopes. But when you are looking to make a new hire this year, nowadays it feels like a high-stakes wager for your small business. And you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Go in there. Post your job, add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile, and spread the word that you are hiring. Small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So, Richie, going into this game with with UCLA, I feel like the, the biggest area where, where Arizona State has to play well is offensively. Because if you're going to pull an upset here, I don't think it's a low-scoring, grind-it-out, ugly, no. muddy-up-the-game. I think it has to look like the Washington game, where the offense is making plays, and you know the UCLA offense... You have to imagine it's going to be able to score points on this ASU defense. But 
overall, I think that the UCLA defense is the more beatable unit of the two, right? You have a better chance for Arizona State of scoring a lot of points than you do holding UCLA under 30 points. Do you agree? Couldn't agree more. Is that that win against Washington has to be your blueprint for this game. And funny enough, that blueprint was created by Trenton Borgay, who is now your starting quarterback moving forward for Arizona State. As long as he's at the helm, he's making smarter decisions. He knows when a play is dead. He he knows like just not to take sacks, not the force throw, stuff like that. He's playing the quarterback position the way you should. And this Arizona State offense has had some talent. Like Elijah Badger has turned into one of the better receivers in the Pac-12 that no one's talking about. You've had a really solid tight end duo that hasn't been used this year. And Sean Aguano said, you know what? Let's try using these tight ends we have. And long and behold, Jalen Conyers goes over the century mark with three touchdowns. Like there's weapons on this offense and Trenton Borgay can use these weapons. Arizona State's offense has suddenly become, I don't want to call it lethal, but they have become a lot more potent than they have previously. I look at Arizona State's remaining four games. I don't see a way or not a way. I don't, I don't see any reason they can't get to around that 30 points per game margin for the last four games. It's it's not even so much to do with the defenses they're playing as much as it is when Trenton Borgay is on the field, the offense just feels better, smarter, smoother, faster, all that good stuff. If, if that trend continues, Arizona State should be able to put up points in bunches. It's Again, it's not even a detriment to the defenses they're playing. X Valade is a terrific running back who's eclipsed the century mark five times this year and has scored a touchdown in all but one game. They shouldn't have an issue throwing up points. This should be a shootout. Like you said, if this is going to be an upset for sure, then this has to be a game where Arizona State is beating UCLA 45-38 final. It can't be a 17-13 game. That's just not something ASU is capable of doing this year. They have to outscore. I, I'm with you there, and the offense has had some nice moments. Stanford was certainly not one of them, but that was with Emory Jones at the helm, and exactly. since Borgay has been in there, it's been a little better. And, and by the way, for those of you who were uh, listening earlier, that uh, that Washington over-under with uh, Oregon State, 56.5. So Vegas is seeing that that is, that's according to our friends at Bet Online. Vegas is seeing that particular game as a lower scoring affair defenses will, will kind of be able to, uh, to reign supreme. But as you look at this Arizona state defense, Richie, I I don't expect them to, you know, have to carry the sun devils to a a potential upset here, but I do think you you have to get a couple stops. You, You have to hold them to field goals a couple times. You can't continuously allow touchdowns. What does Arizona state need to do? in order to accomplish that, to where the defense isn't dominant, not like best outing of the year or anything like that, just good enough. What does good enough look like, and how does it manifest itself? Good enough looks like having drives where maybe you give up five or six plays, but you force a punt. Good enough looks like you're giving up a long field goal instead of giving up a touchdown. Good enough is biting down in the red zone, and forcing UCLA to take their three. Good enough is 
just making sure that, sure, you're probably not going to get a bunch of three and outs in this game. You're probably not going to get a lot of turnovers. Arizona State has had an interception in every game this year, but uh, what's his name? Dorian Thompson-Robinson only has three interceptions this year. So I'm not... I'm not sure if Arizona State can continue that trend. If they do, then that's amazing. If not, then you just got to make sure that UCLA isn't having consecutive eight, nine, ten play drives where they're chewing up game clock and they're getting into the end zone. You need to be able to take a take a seventeen to fourteen like deficit at half, at halftime. Hang and around. Be happy. Just with hang that. around. Exactly. Just hang around. You don't need to be forcing turnovers in this game. Obviously, you want them. But if you want a shot in this game, then make it so that their bread zone percentage isn't 100%. Make it so it's not 90%. Make it so it's not 80%. Make them take the field goals. Make them respect you enough to do that. And that's another thing, right, is if they go for it on fourth down early in the game, you got to get that stop. You got to put it in their head. Crap. We got to take our points. Like this ASU defense snuffed us out last time. We can't, we can't be sitting here and trying to get seven every time because then Trent Borgay comes out and takes them down the field and Carter Brown is able to get them in scoring range. So it's, it's, it's just making sure that when those opportunities arise to force a punt or to hold them to three or to stop them on fourth down, you got to arrive at those. And UCLA has been very good on third down this year. Somehow, though, and this has been surprising me, they've been very bad on fourth down this year. So if you let them extend drives or turn field goals into touchdowns by allowing conversions on on, on those two, those two critical downs, I don't know if ASU's defense has has the bodies or the the, the coaching to be able to just you know keep UCLA in check the way that uh, they want to. Defensively for the Bruins, I, I think they're strongest element Richie is how they can get after the passer specifically with Laitu Latu who yeah. sacked Tanner McKee once or twice last week was in his face pretty often that guy is you line him up anywhere he's just a menace he's he's just a force and if you're UCLA going into this game I think defensively if he succeeds and disrupts the Arizona State offense I don't think the Sun Devils defense can really hold UCLA in check. So I think if you get him going and allow him to to flourish on that side of the ball, I think that's where UCLA's defense is at their best. And that's how you keep a a surprisingly competent, I, I, I guess is the word I'm looking for, and, and confident as well after the road win against Colorado last week, Arizona State offense. And if you're ASU... You, you got to double team number 15, wherever he goes, double team him, chip him, roll away, whatever you have to do. You can't let him get involved because he makes havoc plays for what it's worth. This will be a very interesting storyline because one of the things I brought up earlier and something I'm going to echo right now is that the difference, the biggest difference you've seen between Emory Jones and Trenton Borgay is Borgay knows when a play is dead. Borgay knows when to throw the ball away, when to throw it in the ground, whatever. Emory Jones in the seven games that he's played this year, and this includes that part game against Washington, was sacked 18 times. And the game in three quarters that Trenton Borgay appeared in, he has not been sacked yet. This is a very different quarterback. This is a guy who understands 
when to just call it quits and say, you know what? I'm going to live to play another down instead of I'm going to hang in this pocket or I'm going to try and get cute and run with it. So when I'm looking at this pass rush that UCLA has in, and uh, I just fumbled his name, Latu. Uh, Latu in particular, yeah, you're going to need to be about as clean with the football as you possibly can, which means understanding when plays are done. This isn't a good Arizona State Sun Devils offensive line at all. This is this is a unit that has struggled this year. Short of Ladarius Henderson at guard, the other four spots have been shaky at best. They're better with Borgay, though, because Borgay is able to understand the strengths, the weaknesses, and the limitations that his offensive line has in front of him. There's another great game in the Pac-12 this weekend that, that doesn't necessarily have the highest stakes, but gosh, it could be an absolute thrill. I'll tell you about that after I talk to you about Bet Online, which currently has that uh, UCLA-Arizona State game as a 10.5-point favorite for the Bruins over under at 66. You can find all the lines and more at Bet Online, your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. College basketball right around the corner, by the way. I don't know if that makes Richie excited or not. it does okay great uh find all the latest player developments team matchups news podcasts and in-depth analysis on every game and as always bet online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events including major league baseball go mariners mma boxing my personal favorite golf head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online where the game starts that 10 and a half point line richie it's uh mm, it's tempting because i like what you say about borgay at home getting that half point hook I think that could be big. Like I could see a 37-27 final here or 37-28 kind of in that that sort of range. I could also see UCLA holding the um, cuz I trust their defense more than Arizona State's. I could see them holding the the Sun Devils to like a 38-24 margin or somewhere somewhere in there. I think that's a uh, an interesting one for the Pac-12 prime picks. All lines of course provided by Bets Online. So The final, I, it's not the last chronologically necessarily, but the one that Pac-12 fans will talk about last this weekend is, I think, a really enticing matchup. It might be ugly. It might be sloppy. You might not see a lot of points in this game. But right now, I think my favorite bet of the week, Richie, is Washington State. I believe it is up to minus five at Stanford this weekend. I love that Washington State defense. I don't love the offense. And Stanford's defense is, it's okay. It's not terrible the last few weeks, but I think we saw what it really is against UCLA. It was better. It was better and such, but um, I think the Cougars, who are 1-4 and four in the last five games, I think it's easy to sell your stock in Washington State. I still like a lot of the things I see. The best player on the field is going to be Cam Ward when he's out there. And then defensively, Dayan Henley, probably the best player on the field. So at all points in time, I've got Washington State with the best individual player on either side of the ball. I tell you what, I I this is in the this is at the farm. You're not going to have a bunch of fans there. I think Washington State has got something to prove. I think they're going to go 
at least two and two, if not three and one down the stretch. And I do think they win this game. What do you think? I think this could be a barn burner, right? Literally, like you said, at the barn, this this is a as interesting a game as it's going to get. I love that you pointed it out, too, because when you're looking at this full slate here, uh, you've got U of A and Utah could be a potential shootout if Jaden Delora can get his thing going. Arizona you're not going to, but they're not going to beat the U's in Salt Lake no, City. No, and Colorado's not, not going to beat Oregon, and USC no. is not going to lose to Cal at home. Like all those games, they're big double-digit lines. Any one of them, I could consider taking the favorite for the Pac-12 prime picks this week. But this one, it, it's enticing to say I like Stanford at five points at home. But I, I tell you, Richie. I think Washington State's got an opportunity here to beat a Stanford defense that is not actually that good. Stanford would have been absolutely roasted and toasted by Arizona State if they had competent quarterback play. Cameron Ward is 10 times a better quarterback than what Emory Jones was. And if Cameron Ward was playing that game for Arizona State, you're winning that game by two, maybe even three possessions. Cameron Ward may turn the ball over a lot. He's got eight interceptions on the year, but he's also thrown 17 touchdowns, and that's not by accident. Like you said, when he's on the field, this is a very good player. This is this is a guy that uh, me and you have seen from all sorts of different uh, NFL draft outlets. Talk about Cameron Ward as a future NFL quarterback, but mm-hmm. they also say the same thing about Tanner McKee. So Which this, I, I still don't, I, I don't either. But I'm not, I, I, I don't, I don't know. They, they they all love Davis Mills, and he's getting a chance. And I watch Davis Mills, and I'm like, mm, that looks like a backup quarterback to me, right? Who knows, man? Like, there's there's some intriguing potential for this game to actually be a heck of a lot more interesting than people yeah. will realize or think. It's got that feeling. What time's it getting played? Twelve thirty. Gosh darn it! That <laughs> that game is back twelve after. Dark. Now it's Come gonna on. be yeah. Now it's gonna be boring, right? It's gonna be boring gonna because be it's terrible. in the middle. Yep. It's in the, it's in the middle of the day. But I love Washington State here it. because think about it like this, Richie. The Stanford defense is what got them those two wins against Notre Dame and Arizona State. They scored under 20 points in both those games. They've been under 20 points in each of their last three, including this past week against UCLA. The offense is limited at running back because they've had injuries and transfers. I don't love the offensive line. I don't love the schemes. I'm not as big a Tanner McKee fan as everyone else. Same. Their weapons on the outside you know, I, I like Urosic, the tight end. They're wide receivers. They're not bad, but they're just okay from what I see. And you're telling me a team that hasn't managed to surpass. You couldn't get 20 points at home against Arizona State, but you're telling me that's suddenly going to happen against Washington State? I don't yeah. know how, unless the Cougars in the locker room have just punted on the season, which seems really unlikely. Dickert's a great defensive coach. I don't, th- I don't think Stanford gets over 17 points in this game. Meaning if you're talking about a five-point margin, I just need the Cougs to have at least 24 on a bad Stanford defense. I know the Cougs offense has struggled at times this year, but I still like their potential. I'm telling you, I love Washington State in this spot. It's going to be a really good game, Spencer. It's It it really truly is. Not high scoring, low scoring, right? It's going to be low scoring. For the diehard Pac-12 football fans out there, this is must-watch. This is a really good slate. I completely agree. And by the way, what do you think, according to our friends at BetOnline, the over-under is right now? I'll let you guess. For points? Yeah. Just point Um, total in the game. 47 and a half. 49 and a half. Very good, my friend. Not not too shabby. 
I think it's going to be that sort of game. And frankly, I think this is a bad, I mean, most people, frankly, at this point are a bad matchup for Stanford, but I, I just, I don't know how the Cardinal win this. I don't. Like, like, how does it, how does it, how does it play out? We'll end with this. If Stanford wins this game, to me, Richie, the only way I see that happening is if the Washington State offense is so putrid that they can't move the ball. Cam Ward throws two or three interceptions, one of which comes in the end zone or down in the red zone. I just don't see it, but I watched Washington State beat Cal 28-9. to final score. I love them going into that game as well. I feel the same way here. I think you could see this a similar final score. I think you could hold Stanford to 10 points and win 24-10. I think it's going to hinge entirely on Cameron Ward. Is is he going to throw all those like drive-killing interceptions? And I'm not talking like interception on the first drive, right? I'm talking like interception in the end zone kind of stuff. Right, like which stuff he's that done several times you. this year. Mm-hmm. Which Cameron Ward is it going to be? I think that that's going to be the case here is he is, he is Washington state's RC Cola version of Jameis Winston. You're either (laughs) going to get this gunslinging (laughs) outstanding player, or you're going to be screaming his name and not in a good way, in a very angry way. I could see that as well, but that's why we play the games, right? Because we don't actually know. We think we know we often know, but we don't always know. And that's why we watch and we always talk about it with Richie Bradshaw of Locked On Sun Devils, whose Arizona State squad has got a chance to make you feel like worry. And there's a chance. You're saying there's a chance. Richie, my friend, it is always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to come on here and talk Pac 12 with you, Spencer. Football's been great. Basketball's right around the corner. And I can't right wait to corner. start some more therapy because if Herm Edwards wasn't <laughs> enough, now I've got Bobby Hurley. But hey, we got more transfers every year. <laughs> oh, every year. What else is what else is locked on Pac-12 good for but therapy for our respective conference hosts? Oh, I, I appreciate all of you listening. <laughs> I will see you next time and have a wonderful rest of your day.